Hello and welcome to Intuitive Journey with Desiree. I am Desiree Holmes Sharini, your host. And today's episode is a conversation with Dr. Asia Hogan, a fellow hypnotherapist and friend. So let's get going as she introduces us. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Dr. Aisha Hogan, and I'm here with, I'll let you say your name. <laughs> Desiree Holmes Sharini. There she is. And so we're using this video today, this audio video, for three different things. Number one, for HypnoBiz Canada, because Desiree is going to be um, teaching and presenting at HypnoBiz Canada that I'm co-organizing with Selena. And also for my podcast, um, for my podcast on Podbean as well, and Desiree. Yes, and I'm also, we're co-hosting, interviewing, just having a conversation really for Intuitive Journey with Desiree as well. Right, so we've got a lot of things going on, and I might even just use this for the LA Summit, the Women's Summit. Why not? You know, it's, it's all the same. You know, so right? And we're also so going to be at the LA Summit. Cross our fingers, we're going to be at all of these with this whole new, unless we're on lockdown doing everything by virtual <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with that, but you know, I have this, this, um, I've got my thing going on in Tuscany, my workshop, my thing, my workshop oh, yeah. going on in Tuscany. Yeah. And I keep getting phone calls from people because, you know, I've got some people that have registered and they're fine with it, but that's the other people who are kind of in fear. And I've said, you know what? I'm so glad that it actually went to Italy first because oh, yeah, by the time I get there in September, It'll be long gone and out yeah, that's, there. That's what I'm hoping too. Uh, but right now I'm hoping, um, I'm just hoping for good things. I'm hoping, you know, like locally we've had, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's going everywhere. I don't know about Ottawa. Have you guys had anything? Um, we haven't had much here at all. And I think what's happening at the borders now is it's simply just, you know, they're checking to make sure what countries have you been in recently? Mm -hmm. Do you have any flu-like symptoms? But, you know, which is fine. They're doing their due diligence, which is yeah. great. I kind of do so much. I, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all, yeah, but, but, I, but I, but I do kind of think, um, there's something going on. This is like a political thing or a pharmaceutical thing as well. Or, uh, you know, um, what, what they call uh, population control every few years we have to have. Yeah, yeah it thing. could be that as well. So there's, there's some stuff going on and I'm actually not giving it that much thought to be you know, honest. I, um, I'm really not kind of on, on, on the topic, but also on the topic of um, what we're going to be talking about is the the idea of the energy of fear yes. versus the energy of um, healing and positivity and and the consciousness of everything you know and and things people mm, events will feed on feed on a consciousness i believe That's right so i think being afraid of it and worrying about it can't change it won't do anything except for maybe mm, strengthen the atmosphere of, of fear. I don't know. So I, yeah, I, I think, assume, you, know, we, you know what, it's what's supposed to be happening is happening and everything is on track. We're and absolutely, you're, you are so correct. And you know, I, my mom calls me, she watches the, the YouTube updates of the, of the coronavirus. And I'm just like, stop telling me this stuff. Like yeah. stop calling me all day long. I love her for caring. You know, she, she <laughs> you know, you know, she's like, you know, you want to go to the States. You're going to be going to the States soon. You're going to be going to Italy. Like you need to know this yeah. stuff. And I said, you know what? I'll be fine. Yeah. What's going to happen is going to happen. And I'm not worried about it and I'm not going to give it any energy and please stop telling me, don't worry. I'll find out what I need to find out. And it's true because, you know, if, if, if we could raise 
And I say it like, and I don't want to sound woo-woo when I say this. Yeah, I know. We, are. we raise the consciousness. If we could all think of this in a different way. Yeah. You know, just be like, it's gone. We're fine. This is not going to affect us. And if we can kind of get into that mindset, yeah, this virus is not going to have any power over us. You know, and, and things happen. You know, if you look at statistics, it's um, you know, car accidents are probably... Uh, more dangerous than it's just one more thing that everyone's paying attention to because it's new and literally novel. You know, oh, it's, it's like it's trending. It's like what's yeah. talking about. And have you ever noticed how sometimes something comes up in the news and it's like all really the most important thing in the world, and then a couple of weeks later you don't hear about it. You're like, hey, whatever happened to? I was just doing that today when we were, you know, the Amazon. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's burning down. And like, <laughs> right. And then all of a sudden it stopped. So does that yeah. mean the fire's done? Does that mean they're still burning on the Amazon? Like what's it just wasn't selling news or or what? What's what's attracting people to the media? What sells? What doesn't sell? And it all comes down to making money and and who's going to tune for what? And chances are right now people are tuning in for coronavirus. And so the news has to talk about that or someone's going to change the channel. Like the Amazon That's fires right. come on. They're going to go, I don't care about the Amazon. I don't care about the coronavirus. <laughs> well, I called, it's funny. I called the villa where I'm staying in Italy for, for the conf, for the workshop in September. And I called them and I was like, you know, what is, what's going on? And when she said this, I totally relate to it because in Turkey, where I'm from, Sometimes, you know, we have a, a, we have a big square in Istanbul and there's a, sometimes there's protests and stuff that go on in there. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but when they, when that happens, they film that and they film it up close, right. You know, with yeah. people up close and they make it this big thing. And the only place it's happening is there. Right. Yeah. They right? make it look like. <laughs> it's not happening world. anywhere else in the country. So when I asked her about this, she said, you know, she's in Umbria, which is not far from Milan. And she said, there's nothing happening here. Like it's all being sensationalized and it's the same footage over and over again. Yeah. And people are already getting better. And, you know, by the time they're telling us, the scientists and the doctors have said there that by the time the summer comes, you know, it won't yeah. survive anyway. It will have washed through. Yeah. Now, they're also saying that maybe uh, the weather in the summer will be less supportive of it somehow. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's That's apparently funny. not supposed to survive after 22 Celsius which in Fahrenheit, I think is, um, I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit. I know 28 is 28 is 80 degrees Fahrenheit. So we add like 30. So yeah, well, um, speaking of, uh, someone else was commenting, this is a great time to buy airline tickets and hotel reservations in any of those places because oh, I know I'm so glad that was another thing I said to my clients. I, think I should buy our, my tickets now for Amsterdam because I had not done that yet. And I thought, well, let's see. Because they're also promising, uh, you know, being more waiver friendly. So I thought, well, maybe a friend of mine said you could get a round trip ticket to Thailand for $400. That's amazing. No, I can imagine that's going to happen. Because um, one of my clients that I haven't, and he's, you know, he books everything in advance and stuff. And he's coming to the, to the retreat. And he said, you know, I haven't booked my flight yet. I said, neither have I. Because I know the prices are going to go down. <laughs> and then I'll book mine too. Mm-hmm. I'm already booked for New York and Ottawa. Yeah. And uh, I'm all set and uh, got the train to New York and got the flight from New York to Ottawa and flight back home from Ottawa to uh, DC where I live. So that's all set. 
that leg of it. I have my, I guess I've, I think I've done my room for, you know, it gets a little crazy, right? Yeah. I think I've got my room for um, July in LA with the women hypnotists, but I need to book my flights because I have family over there. And right. So that's great. So yeah. what are you going to be teaching? Let's talk about what you're going to be presenting. So let's yeah. talk about that. So at New York, I think New York and Ottawa, you're presenting the same thing? Same thing at all of them. Now, after talking to Selena, she says, let's just go with one, you know, the same thing at all of them. Because I had had, you know, different things scheduled. And actually, my original interview with Selena was on um, the intuitive insight process, which is what I was going to be uh, presenting. But um, after she came to my spoon bending introduction to psychokinesis with the National Association of Transpersonal Hypnotherapists last uh, November, she says, oh, this is awesome. We got to do this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, um, so we just, we just, you know, decided just to do the same thing at all the conferences because there are likely going to be different people. And I'm always telling people, even if you come to a conference, there's so many different wonderful presentations. So I, I said, yeah, I guess you've got a point. So they might come to mind in New York, but go to Ottawa and do a different one if they're going to both conferences. That's right. They, because that's, you know, when we go to these conferences, you always feel like you're missing something. I know, but especially when there's a lot of stuff. Like we've got, and I know in Canada, we're up like, I think we're at like 15 different workshops. Those are post workshops. Yeah. And and then during the conference, it's like, what, five uh, for every, you know, five in the morning, five in the afternoon, or even more, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's the presenters. We've got like over 25 presenters there. We've got like 30 something presenters in LA. Wow. And in New York, I think she's around the 20 something mark as well for presenters. I think she said 50. Oh, maybe 50 presenters in New York. And then in Amsterdam, yeah. there's, I think, something close to 70 or more speakers there. So wow. it's, they're, they're huge conferences. I can't make, I had to cancel Amsterdam because of my conference. I know, my you were going to be my roomie. I know, but you know, I can't be everywhere. I, also, I canceled one other thing I had to go to in August just because I can't go to Las Vegas, come back for a week and then get back on a plane and be gone yeah. for a month. Right. It's yeah. Just, I haven't planned on Las Vegas yet. So who, who knows, right? Who knows. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that one. And I've, so, I've just added a trip to, um, that's not hypnosis related, but another interest of mine, I got invited, um, to go to, um, something in Illinois in the week before Amsterdam the weekend before Amsterdam. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'll go, I'll come home. I'll have a couple of days and I'll go again. So since I'm not going, I, and I said, I don't have to go early to Amsterdam. I can just go and stay later. And I don't, we'll see. We'll see. It's great. So I just got, so I'm excited because we're changing all of mine too. Um, my presentations. Yeah. I, you know, I found that there's a common thread with all of my clients and that common thread, no matter what I'm dealing with, um, their depression, their fibro, their whatever it is that I'm dealing with, the common thread seems to be sleep. So I just uh, got my certification as a sleep specialist because oh, I've always dealt with it, but I wanted to um, take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always done what I felt I should be doing for sleep with the research that I've done, but I thought, you know what, I think I need to go get certified in this. So, so uh, because it's just so prevalent with so many people for so many reasons. So why don't we I, go into that right now? Since okay. I'm finding that interesting. So what, what did the certification um, cover? What, what kind of, what do they teach you in that? And then how are you going to use it in a workshop or your post-conference or both? Both. 
both. Okay. And um, I think I'm going to keep the pre. I've got Reiki right now, and one of them is a pre-Ottawa, but I thought I'll probably keep that and maybe do this as a post. But um, it's, it's such an important and vital topic. And the reason for that is because it's like more about one third of our lives, more than that for some people, right? And most people who are struggling with something, one of the things that they're struggling with is sleep you know, getting good sleep without yeah. medications, without, you know, just getting a good natural sleep where they can get into those cycles. So I think the things that I learned that were really important were number one, I learned a lot about a lot of the disorders um, that are related to sleep, all of the various apneas, um, the different somnias. I didn't even know there was something called sex somnia. Wow. What's which was really funny. I'll tell you this funny story. So sex somnia is a thing where you know how people sleep, sleepwalk. Uh-huh. Right. So what happens with sleepwalking is part of parasomnia. So what it is, is that our body, when we dream, goes into a paralysis. So our mind is very active, but our body is frozen like it won't move. Right. And the reason for that is that we don't start acting out our dreams. Right. You hope. Um, and, and hurting ourselves. So our body goes into paralysis. So that happens during sleepwalking. That means that a paralysis, like it didn't work. They, they went into right. parasomnia. So the, that's because when the paralysis okay. is working. So sexsomnia is when someone's having like sex dreams and they yeah. will actually have sex either with themselves or with someone else and not even remember. Oh dear. I have heard that. I have heard couples where, you know, they wake up and the wife is like, gosh, you were all over me. And the husband's like, I did not, you know, they don't remember yeah, no, so that yeah. is, that's like sexsomnia. And the yeah. weird thing is I'd never, ever heard of that word before. Yeah. And then the very next day I was watching a movie and they were, somebody, some girl was pretending that she had sexsomnia. And I'm like, <laughs> I've never heard this word in my life before. And now I've heard it twice. Now, there's, so, a good, there's a good alibi for like somebody who wanders down the hall. and. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what she was in the movie. In the movie, that's what she was using it for. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> it sounds like a really bad X-rated movie. Yeah. So, and then there's sleep talking, of course, and sleep talking. Yes. And then I learned of something called non-24, which I did, which opened up a whole other door for me because mm -hmm. that's for people who are blind. Yeah. I, there's the commercials on TV that they don't have the, the natural input. So they, they totally irregular sleep cycles because they don't, they're, melanin or whatever like the but their circadian clock is off so their circadian yeah. clock is off because the light and getting in yeah yeah there's so that's how close to lizards we are yes but not only that all of their new tech you know for the blind that they've got all this technology and stuff that they can use yeah. all of it comes with artificial lighting so that really screws them oh. up too right because that lighting is still on even if it's dark outside oh. right so that actually causes issues for them they need to turn all that stuff off Right. So it's um, really interesting. So I learned a lot of things. I um, added on some more techniques about what I'm actually supposed to do with, with um, these things, which was great. So some of it I really knew and I was already using, which was great. And then there was new techniques that were brought in. So that was great. Um, so I found it very, very informative. And um, I never thought because I work with so many different things and I'm very energy based and trigger based and belief based yeah. and all of that stuff that I never thought I would go with something so clinical, but I'm loving it. Like it's, it's very, I think that it is definitely needed. So how are you going to use this in your workshop? So in my workshop the one in Tuscany, I'm not really going to use it there unless somebody, unless I find that everybody there is having sleep issues. 
you know, then I'll do it. Right. But basically the workshops that I'm going to be doing, um, online workshops, workshops that I'll be doing, traveling, doing workshops. Like at HypnoBiz and... Um, no, no, just actually doing workshops in areas okay. um, is basically going to be about educating people about sleep, but almost doing a relaxation retraining okay. and sleep rehearsal, <laughs> right? So getting them into those various levels of sleep. Right. So it's just starting to train them and teach them things and how to get themselves in there and the things that they need to do. I mean, the simplest thing is when people say I can't sleep. Right now. And just don't say that. Right. If you say you can't sleep, then you, you can't, can't sleep. sleep. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's just how our body works. That's how our subconscious works. Even the words. It's as simple as I say, I sleep like the dead and I do like my <laughs> head hits the pillow and I'm done. Right. So I'm done till the morning. And I've always said that. And I've always slept well. I suppose there could even be like a, um, quite a bit of self-hypnosis in it, you know, a little NLP self-hypnosis yes. and, you know, I can't stay awake. I couldn't stay awake if I tried, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. There's stuff like that. And also even it's just, um, it's about people trying to go from a hundred miles an hour. Like they're on their tack, they're doing all their stuff and then yeah. they expect that they're going to go to sleep. And that's why they take the Ambien or whatever else, because it's the artificial way of just flipping down the switch right Whereas really you need that transition um also like you talked about the lighting i uh, a guy gave a presentation on these uh, glasses one time where he talked about putting on these glasses at night if you have a hard time sleeping and they cut out the they're like red tint rose tinted or something like right. that to change the light on like now computers have it built in and stuff your phone can dim your light and stuff but um i'd never heard of that a few years back I thought oh I didn't know that because that helped we, we're on our phones we're on our computers we're on our iPads we have the TV on and then we turned off to sleep but before that to change the light that um, frequency of the light that's coming in can help slow your your brain down get it ready to go into that rest period right absolutely absolutely I mean there's some well, first of all, they shouldn't be on tech. I think that nobody should really be on tech up to about an hour before they go to bed anyways. And, you know, you need to disconnect, right? You need to disconnect and allow yourself some time to wind down. I mean, think about it. People who have kids, right? Or yeah. if you remember when you were a kid, when it was bedtime, there was a series of events that happened. Right. Right. There was a ritual that mm -hmm. happened at bedtime, right? So that, that, sort of triggered the subconscious to say, oh, it's bedtime. So it would start to get the body ready to sleep, right? Yeah, so we, as adults, we need to do that as well, right? We need to have that bedtime ritual. We need to have that 45 minutes or an hour of winding down, whether it's having a bath or doing a meditation or reading a book. But when I say a book, I mean something that doesn't keep you super interested, <laughs> right? You don't All want that, right? right. Yeah, you don't want something that's super interesting. You want just something that's, you know, Kind of Come to read my book. Yes, <laughs> something to read to sort of slow, start to slow things down. Yeah. Right. And even you know, no watching TV. Right. You know, because that's a big deal too. Remember, our subconscious doesn't sleep. So when people fall asleep with their TV on, you don't know what's playing. Right. On TV when you're and it sleeping. comes and it comes in. You know, I have a friend who likes to fall asleep to these YouTubes of you know anything from conspiracy to aliens and stuff and and lets it play and goes to sleep and i'm like that I, you know maybe if you listen to a self uh, hypnosis or a meditation or 
or something like that, right. or even something more uplifting or positive when you go to sleep, because what goes in when you go to sleep right. sets you for the rest of the day. And you know, when you wake up, this is like brainwashing. And if you're hearing, you know, yep. fear, negativity, and all that, you're going to wake up with fear and negativity. Right. So know? a horror movie comes on in the middle of the night or some crazy thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's not stuff that you want to be feeding to yourself while you're sleeping. And there's no consciousness to kind of filter yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's because we go into that, you know, as we know, as hypnotists, you, you go into that theta alpha stage, and then you get into delta, you come back up, but it's in that, you know, pre-sleep wake stage that you're just open and it's every 90 minutes kinda... which i didn't even know that right so the cycle of sleep is every 90 minutes so some people actually open their eyes and go back to sleep again right yeah so, sort of know... like what's that called a um a fraction fractionalization yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we're back down again you know or yeah. somebody, that's when they start to adjust themselves and stuff right, right. It's like it's every 90 minutes so that means roll every roll 90 roll minutes roll. you're coming back up into alpha almost mm -hmm. into a beta state, not quite, you're not getting that far up, okay. but then you're going back down again, right? So then there's a lot going on there, right? Now you're very open to what's happening around you. You're, you know, you're here, start hearing all that stuff again, and then down again. You take it with you. And you're taking yeah. it with you. Yeah. So I've never tried any of the, well, I have like played some of those eight hour affirmation uh, sleep tapes. Um, so I'm really beautiful and rich right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And you look very beautiful and rich right now. You know, whatever. That is, yeah. Eight hours of abundance affirmations or whatever. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, well, hey, it couldn't hurt if I hear this all night long. At least I'll, I'll believe it, even if it's, uh, you know, not yet uh, manifested in my physical reality. <laughs> of course, that's, that's how it works. So but, you're also doing a workshop. So let's talk a little bit about your spoon bending. Okay, so um, the main part, um, during the main conference where the shorter presentations are happening, I also have the post-conference, so I want to talk about that as well. But the spoon bending, um, kind of sensational, um, kind of fun thing to do. But what I love about it is that it, the, what's behind it is recognizing our abilities. Like you, you, uh, you know, uh, mentioned it for me when I wasn't on the hypno biz <laughs> interview <laughs> with issues last time but um so um i actually show people in the the short workshop we'll have spoons how to direct energy from outside of you through you to the spoon we'll pre-test it see you know test the strength of the the metal in the spoon just holding it send energy direct intention for it to and go through the process of how this works. And then everyone, hopefully everyone, will notice that they can easily bend their spoon. Some people will be able to twist it, break it, without fighting with it like they may have needed right. to in the beginning. So yes, the spoon, if you wrestle it down, you could bend it. But this, there, the, the great thing about doing it in person, instead of seeing it or hearing about it or watch, you know, watching someone, is when you do it in person, you really can feel the difference, the difference in the material yeah. and so in the workshop I also uh, the short workshop I also go into a little bit of why that happens what's happening what's what's the magic because it's like magic right what is the magic and what's going on the unseen energies um, my one day 
uh, post uh, workshop is harnessing energy for personal power. Right. So it, it extends on that. We will do the spoon bending there too. So if someone didn't do my, my one hour workshop, we'll be repeating it in there. We're going to cover all sorts of areas of uh, harnessing energy or recognizing energy or knowing how we can direct energy through uh, the power of our heart-based electromagnetism, intention, words, uh, symbols. We're going to do sigils. Uh, sigils are um, an ancient form of taking an intention and, and creating your own personal symbol for it. And there's just so much information there's, uh, about the, the three day, the power of three days of intention setting and changing things. Also, going into more practical stuff about changing pathways in our brain, which takes a certain, like, so even thought change and pathways in our brain to enhance our personal power. So it's energy, it's, you know, power from within, bringing in energy from without, and there's, it's actually available to us, you know, to go ahead and sound woo-woo, but it's actually available to us and the science behind it too. I'm going to talk about the proof that people have found about energy uh, heart math Institute has shown how uh, uh, thought around the world and intention can change the you know, these energy makers around the world. You know what? I wish I wish everybody would understand about heart math. I wish everybody would check it out. I, you know, ah, if more people, more people, more people. I keep thinking of you know. I always think about that. Um, the hundredth monkey syndrome. I talk about that yeah. all the time. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, I'll just quickly explain it for people who are listening yes, that don't too. know the hundredth monkey syndrome, but there, and I don't remember the, the name of the Island. I don't, I have to go look it up, but if you look it monkey up, on Google, you'll find it. <laughs> so yeah, we'll just call it monkey Island. Yeah, so there's this, there's this Island where there's these monkeys living and there was scientists there and they're just, you know, watching how the cultures of the monkeys and how they're interacting with each other, you know, what scientists do. And they noticed that these monkeys were eating the sweet potatoes. But the, the monkeys, just like we do, don't like the dirt on the potato, right? So they would pick it off and wipe it off and spit it out and all that kind of stuff. But eventually one of the younger monkeys got smart and put it in the water and cleaned the, mon cleaned the potato. Huh. So, you know, another, you know, monkey see, monkey do. So they started, right, literally. you know, each monkey started noticing this and started, you know, some of them did it, some of them didn't. And they tried to start cleaning the monkey, uh, the potatoes. And eventually, you know, there's 60 monkeys doing it, 50 monkeys doing it, 100, sorry, uh, 80 monkeys doing it, 90 monkeys doing it, 95 monkeys doing it. And then finally they get to the number of 100 monkeys doing it. And now, as soon as they hit that number of 100 monkeys, something was fed up into the collective consciousness and all the monkeys started doing it. But not just on this island, but the surrounding islands yeah. as well, right? So it went to the fault to all the species doing the same thing, right? So I'm always so interested and so curious to know, like, what is our tipping point? Like, as right. humans, what is our tipping point? What is that point when enough of us wake up when enough of us are raising our frequency and vibration, when enough of us are healing, when enough of us are getting into a better place in our lives and walking in our, the potential that we're supposed to be in, how many of us need to do that before it tips it for everybody? Yeah, exactly. And I, I, you know, maybe it's just the people I'm associating with now. Uh, but I feel like so many more people and, and even TV shows 
are uh, opening up these doors to what would have been just too strange. Of course, there was always Star Trek and stuff that was ahead of its time. Right. But I, I feel like it's spreading the information. Um, with HeartMath, for example, they've been around for uh, almost 30 years, maybe 25 to 30 years, studying. And, and I got this, uh, the certification as a um, HeartMath facilitator. And so I love sharing their information after I found them. I said, this is, that this makes sense now. Um, because even before them, I, um, I created an online program about um, intuition. Right. And in that program, I talk about going into different areas of your body and, and recognizing the feelings. What do you get? Is it a tightness or openness? Or, and so even there, I knew uh, before knowing right. <laughs> that there was some sort of intelligence in all of your body parts within your different areas of your, of your body, what it's telling you. And so there, in particular, the heart they they focus on the the you know that there are little brain in our heart yeah and what people don't know and what's fascinating is that your heart you don't just get information from your brain down to your organs you get yes. information back up so this brain and this brain and this brain they actually send information to even tell your brain what to do so it's an exchange of information and so when your heart when you work from your heart brain, you're working from your intuition and from your natural instincts and from your higher knowledge than when you're working up here from the rational brain, which will try to make sense of things. Right. So yes, it's always good to have a balance, but sometimes we will negate things up here with our rational brain because they don't make sense because we don't understand it in our 3D reality. Right. right. So that's where it starts to sound woo-woo, but have you ever noticed, and this is what I talk about, like, like I mentioned my book, so in my book or in the intuitive insight process where I talk about that, that, um, and some of that will come into my one day workshop since this is where we segued from, right. it's about using intuitive writing, um, using the ways that we can get information and allow information in as well as creating energy uh, for what we want. It's just gonna be so much fun. I mean, I'm gonna have fun. <laughs> I'm, gonna have fun doing I'm gonna have so much fun teaching it. But um, is that there's information and it's coming, even the heart can come from the heart, but this is a much more natural brain to capture information because we have this huge electromagnetic range that comes from yeah. the heart. It's like this big from the head, and it's like, you know, this big from the heart. So it's actually a bigger energetic organ. Oh, yeah. That, no, I heard that you that yeah. actually, had, uh, um, that there's more, and this was just something I read recently, I think in the last six months, but there's more information because as the brain feeds information into the different organs and stuff in the body, there's actually more information going from the heart to the brain yes. than there is from the brain to the heart. Mm -hmm. And hopefully... And then when it, sometimes when it gets there, the brain will go, no, you're weird. You're <laughs> <laughs> no, that doesn't make sense. We're, we're not going to pay attention to that. And, and you know, it's interesting just yesterday. Um, uh, yeah, I had a client. We did that. Which side of your brain is calling the shots? And I had her do the workshop, I mean, worksheet. And, um, you know, left brain, right brain. And so I think people 
in their right brain <laughs> will be more open to you know the the less structured, less has to have the details and the proof kind of openness. I think the that that will help those people are more open to receiving the heart's information. Right. Whereas the left brain people, the ones who are uh, very uh, you know you have to prove it and you know, more detailed yeah, yeah. more um, might have a harder time so that's also uh, you know brain wise something interesting for people to go out and find out about themselves and see how it's changing you know, yeah like you know there's so much there's so much to know and I think if we need to step out of our boxes I think that's really what it is mm -hmm. right just step out of what you think you know and allow right. yourself to put that aside for a minute and you know, how much more is there out there? Like when was the last time you actually read a book about what all the, you know, the energy fields of the heart, you know, yeah. you think you know I what it does, but do you, right? And you do you know what the brain does. And it's funny because when you start reading this stuff and start getting educated on it, you, you know, you're having a conversation with someone and you're thinking, oh my God, I used to think that, but it's so much more than that. Like, it's so much more than that. I used to think that way too, but no, 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 it's way more than that, yeah. right? So we're, I agree. We're just amazing. Um, we're amazing. It, the same thing with, you know, um, you know, a lot of science. Uh, I was, you know, I, I look out there and of course I don't even see all the stars, but the pictures of the stars <laughs> when I can't. <laughs> and you think of all the stars and all the planets that are possible around all these stars and the immenseness of our galaxy. And every now and then I've posted the picture of, you know, here's earth you know, and then zooming out to all the possibilities out there with people that uh, will say, oh, there's, there's no other life on any other worlds. There's no, that's not, you know, we, I'm like, well, yeah, you're unique, but I got to say, maybe not that quite. And I think, <laughs> I think his name is, I saw him, maybe he was being sarcastic, but I don't think so because he answered it very um, straightforward. Uh, I think his name is De Degrassi, um, anyway, uh, a famous um, scientist, space scientist, right, uh, was on a talk show, and the the, the uh, interviewer said, "So, what do you think? You think there's, you know, life in outer space?" And he said, "Absolutely not. That's just a, that's just a, you know, figment of people's imagination." What? And uh, or something like that. And I thought, wow, like, how can someone who's, who's, you know, an expert on this, say absolutely out of those zillion millions of other planets that there's no life. And right, even, the whole universe was created for us. Like, and then I thought, well, maybe, it, maybe his religion got in the way of his... It could be, and it could yeah. be fear, and it could be just lack of, you know, he's never sat down and had a coffee with an alien, so... You know, yeah. it can't be true. Not that he knows of, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not that he knows of, that he hasn't. So, you know, yeah. maybe that's why, because he has no concrete proof. Yeah, yeah. Even, there's got to be proof, right? I was watching a, um, I was watching a documentary that's on Netflix called Unacknowledged. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but uh -huh. it's called Unacknowledged. And that was like amazing because it talks about, so it is about aliens. However, it's not your usual alien movie type of thing. These right. are for people from the government um, of different world, different countries, and also like the what they call the black government. 
So it's the behind the scenes government that nobody mm -hmm. knows of, that they look at the presidents and the leaders of this world as part-time employees. Like they don't actually look at them as temp yeah. as permanent employees. So, and they don't even tell them what's going on. There. Oh yeah, so there, when our, like, the when president our checks down here when it comes yeah. to clearance. And when our budgets are missing trillions of dollars, uh -huh. that's actually where it's going. Right, right? so black ops, yeah. Yeah, so they were talking about um, aliens and stuff and they were saying that, you know, it's interesting because we are not, we can't even, which I'm glad, but we can't even launch nuclear devices into space because every time they've tried, the machinery gets shut down. I have heard that. Right, yeah. so they actually can't do it. Um, so who's doing that, right? So, you right. know, so it, it can't, so we're being watched, you know. When they say big brother's watching, I think somebody else is watching. Yeah. They're watching. Big, they don't big let gray us. brother. <laughs> yeah, they don't, let us, brother. they don't let us do that kind of stuff, <laughs> right? But the interesting thing was they talk about, um, it was actually interesting, but scary at the same time. Scary in the sense of, I'm not scared of aliens, but they make aliens sound like they're hostile. Well, for number one, they, we don't know that, but I think the hostility would actually come from us. Yeah. Well, like, remember that old movie where it was the, um, the big gray thing comes out of the spaceship or like the man came out of the spaceship and, and everyone was like, ah, well, you know, I also watch stuff like this or listen to interviews like with Corey Good, if you know who he is. Or, um, and, um, and it is interesting. I, like, and I'm, like, I'm not in the box. So I'm like, who am I to say? You know, this, this is, makes more, sometimes it makes more sense than it doesn't. Right. That these things would be true. Because, um, you know, it's like if you, if you never left your house uh, and you didn't experience that there's a building next door. Right. So if you can think of it that way, if the listeners could think of it that way, um, that there's so many other possibilities beyond. Well, there what is we huge, and apparently see. some of the sightings that we've seen UFOs like that that was yeah. actually done by the government. Like, yeah, some of them are, and some yeah, just a, yeah. So just a whole thing. And if, if, it, if nothing else, the movie's super interesting, by the way. And I think that, you know, when you watch some of the interviews, you can see that some of the interviews that they've done are dated. And yeah. I really think that they're dated because I think that they had to wait until that person died before they could actually show the interview. Because or else they'd be killed off a little too they'd soon. They'd be killed off a little bit too soon. And they even talk about how Marilyn Monroe died. Oh, really? Right. So it's no longer this big secret. So, you know, she was shown Area 51. Oh, you know, remember she was like, hey, babe, you want to go on a date? Yeah, she was Take dating the brothers, you know, the brothers, the Kennedy brothers. So like, you know, so she was taken to Area 51. And I, I kind of really fell, but I had. I, yeah, yeah, she, she was she was yeah. taken there. And afterwards, she won, you know, she was all about her career. So I think what, what happened, what they're stating, what happened, because they have a lot of government documents for stuff, too, in this one, yeah. which is interesting. And she wanted. Um, more fame and if you don't get me this this and this and i'm going to tell people about area 51 and what you've got going on there and then yeah. all of a sudden she disappeared she committed suicide yeah that's or she didn't commit suicide no no that's what i'm saying she did not commit suicide oh. so <laughs> yeah, she say. did not they just made it look like that right yeah. so they talk about that in 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 um in this as well and I what i like about this is that it this particular movie is that it is very um 
when you watch it, you know that what they're what they're saying is real. Like there's this is not a garbage thing. This is not one of those some guy made in his garage movies. I know. <laughs> Sometimes on YouTube, I'll, I'll be googling and find somebody in his basement talking about abundance, and he's living in his parents' basement. <laughs> he's like, I figured out how. To, I'm like, I know. Um, but uh, on the alien front, um, you know, just like there are different countries and humans here and different kinds of beings on the earth, anything from, you know, like to a rock to a, a you know, bird, that, that if we have that here on earth, then highly likely even more than that range of beings beyond this world, some who are like a rock someplace else that, and then others that are so far beyond us and so, so what you said you know there i'm sure there are the ones who are possible the ones who want to use our planet that want to come and take over or the ones that are beneficial that um want to support us and uh going into uh, us kind of thing is you know right now we're looking at our planet they're talking about going to mars going to mars and having mars okay just one uh, second we're having some sound with you one sec uh, says my speaker is not working okay there you go you're better now you were gargling there for a little while okay go again yeah it it was hang hang on let me make sure i'm still on the no you're gone now so that's it for the sound i think for now we'll see if desiree comes back or not but in the meantime interesting things that are going on um, I think the purpose of this wonderful talk that we're having now is just basically, you know, come to HypnoBiz Canada, come to LA, the Women's Summit. It doesn't matter if you're a hypnotist or not. That's not important. Um, it's just for self-growth. There's so much going on there. The, the business tracks, we've got self-growth tracks, we've got technical tracks. So a lot of stuff happening. But getting educated is part of what we want to do, what we need to do for our growth. So... I think she's back. Yeah. Um, there she is. <laughs> is it working okay? Yeah, I think it's going. It, yeah, it's going again. So we'll we'll uh, we'll wrap this up now. I think before your sound gets any worse. And thanks everyone for listening. And I hope we've given you some pieces and nuggets of information here that you're like, huh, made you think about something, gave you a moment of. I wonder, or some aha moments or something, or you want to run out and get a book about something um, just to expand your knowledge. So thanks for joining in. And like I said, you can find us at HypnoBiz Canada. We're there in, well, we're in New York in end of May at Times Square. We are in Ottawa in June. We are at the Women's Summit in Los Angeles in July. Look at us, so busy. And then, <laughs> and then I've got my Tuscany workshop in September in Italy. That's a seven-day all-inclusive all intensive workshop. And what else have you got going on, Desiree? Uh, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay, I promise not to talk about you know what because talk about conspiracy theories. <laughs> um, a different topic. Our speaker's not working. <laughs> So I'll just talk about hypnosis and about my workshop. So yes, I'm looking forward to being end of May, HypnoBiz, Ottawa, Canada, get to finally meet you in person Yes. in, in June, at July, Women Hypnotists, Amsterdam in um, yes. September. September, I'll be there, and uh, 
other than that, you know, I'll, I'll pitch uh, my book, which is on the intuitive insight process, uh, which is called Journey to Joy, The Written Path. And it's about intuitive writing and uh, finding your ahas with that. And I have um, an online course through Transformation TV, which is a very, uh, a great price for an extended um, in-depth intuitive art and writing and uh, personal awareness uh, course, as well as on Udemy, I have an online course there called um, Building Personal Intuition for Decision-Making. And it's also helps to kind of go in and get that, you know, practice learning your gut feelings. So um, if you go to my website, you'll find all those links. Awesome. And if you go to my website, the links often have a discount. So go to my website, find those links. <laughs> Intuitive Journey with Desiree, www.intuitivejourneywithdesiree.com. So there's my pitch, and um, I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Oh, and you'll hear this on my podcast, and you'll also have it on video on Transformation TV. And I realize I need to get the video from you, Aza, because you were recording. <laughs> I'm recording, so I, I have to record. So. <laughs> awesome. Yep. Nope. You'll have. I'll send it to you now. So thanks so much, Desiree, and uh, have a fantastic day. And I'm going to talk to you again soon. Okay. Thanks, Aza. Bye. Bye. Bye.